I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. Here's the fangirls on Jackalope Radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest uh, penultimate before Christmas episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I am your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me, as always, are my cohorts in crime, my lovely ladies, Ren Willocks. Hello. (laughs) She's yelling. And Rachel Timor. Ho, ho, ho. Wow, that that was a very... Like sarcastic Santa, Rachel. Oh no, I was just calling you a hoe. I didn't understand. Uh, oh, oh, you were just saying ho, ho, and ho, just extra ho in there. There's okay. Three of you. <laughs> I was thinking of doing the uh, comic book guy. Worst intro ever. <laughs> God, it was kind of yeah. It was, um, but it will not be the worst. It, uh, moving on, it will not be the worst episode ever because we have a very special guest tonight with us that I know Rachel is very excited about, as she is a Joker fangirl to the extreme, and and that uh, guest is in fact the Joker, um, Harley's Joker. And his real name is Anthony. And he is one of the um, most awesome cosplayers I think I have ever seen. Um, he is um, known uh, all over the comic book world uh, and especially at comic book conventions for his amazing Joker that he does. And uh, we're going to have him on to talk about cosplay because if you're going to talk about cosplay, talk to one of the best. That's what I think. So um, he will be on later in the show. And I'm very excited about that. He is just amazing. And his eyebrows are the things of legend. Well, and he's not, he's also a actor and a costumer. And so, yeah. Yeah. And and you can tell the acting comes out with him because he, he uh, just lives that character when you see him. I mean, I don't, I don't know how he does it. He, he just becomes the Joker and it's, it's amazing to see. And not just any Joker. I mean, he is like the comic book epitome joker it's i don't really know how his mouth is shaped like that it's like someone drew it it's spectacular he looks like a comic book joker come to life yeah i really don't know how he does it it's it's the acting part of him that it, that's how he's able to pull that off i, I don't know too, Maybe. he's even got too many teeth <laughs> it's, it's so crazy and and he's got the the eyebrows just do it for me mm-hmm. because he just can make them they're like their own living breathing organisms on his face they they that's just spot on. yourself <laughs> sorry he's not even on yet okay so, <laughs> so anyway we we uh before we get to anthony i would we have um the 
since this is towards the end of the year, we have to do our worst of episode, and then we will do next week our best of 2012 episode. So this is going to be the mean-spirited one. Um, but uh, before we get into our worst ofs, uh, I have a few Weekend Geek items to run through really fast. Yay! Um, so, Weekend Geek! Uh, <laughs> that is my lame intro to the Weekend Geek segment. Uh we are going to have Twilight Zone back on television, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Uh, yes, CBS. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about it because Brian Singer is actually developing it. And nice. he ha- Yeah, he's good. Uh, they did have Twilight Zone. Um, it's not. It's returned to the screen a couple of times. It was once in the 80s, and then they had another version um, that was on with, I believe it was Forrest Whitaker was hosting it. And uh, the the other one in the '80s that was on CBS uh, was an excellent um, uh, series. In but it had a voiceover, no actual physical host. I don't know if they're going to be doing that with this one, um, but I'm pretty excited because Singer knows um, knows how to make stuff nice, and uh, I really enjoy his work. So yay, Twilight Zone. Uh, second item, The Hobbit. Yay! <laughs> Sort of. It was awesome, it was and then we awesome. got, and we had nine minutes in heaven with Benedict Cumberbatch. Which is what I call that segment. <laughs> I, I don't want, I'm so jealous. I couldn't. I couldn't hack the line, but I. I am desperate to see Star Trek. The trailer. He is so punchy. He is punching all the things. He's punching <laughs> all the things, and and he's cheekboning all over the place. It, it's a great thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the nine minutes were, were awesome. It was really, really fun. Um, and speaking of that, Star Trek, um, we don't even have to say how awesome The Hobbit was. It was awesome. And I, and, um, I do something that I would recommend to people who haven't seen it, even though I can't imagine people not having seen it already, is that I actually thought that the high frame rate version, the 3D was great. The high frame rate actually did it some disservice. And um, it's not necessary to view it with high frame rate. Just, I'm just putting it out there. Um, There's a lot of people that have been having a problem with that. I, I didn't have a problem that. with the motion, actually, at all. It was really just the fact that it made the CGI more apparent that it was CGI. And they used a lot more CGI in this than Lord of the Rings. So I thought it made it... I note it, whereas I don't think I would have noticed it if I wasn't watching it in such a high frame rate. Did we all see it in three different versions? Jay, you saw IMAX. Rachel, you saw, I saw 3D? Max. I saw 3D high frame rate. And I saw regular high frame rate. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually was really excited to see the 48 FPS because I'm kind of a nerd on that subject and I really wanted to see what the difference was because Peter Jackson swears up, up and down that this is going to revolutionize the movie industry. And I, I noticed... No clearer picture or more like life, life-like, pardon me, no, no more life-like attributes to anything. The only thing I did notice is really, really strange. When things were moving, it was blurry. I was stunned by it. I was stunned by it. And I wasn't the only one who said so. When something was moving on the screen or when the camera was panning, it was blurry. Well, I, I didn't have that problem in the in the viewing I was in. I actually thought it was, like, crazy realistic. Like, I could really tell the difference with the high frame rate. I thought it was an amazing tool that they have now. But because of that high frame rate and because of the realism and feeling like I was looking into a window in Middle Earth, I, would, I noticed things like um, the orc that they put in from the Silmarillion. Um, the orc 
in what they did in Lord of the Rings was they would have an actor portraying it close up, usually. Mm -hmm. And then when it was a big fight scene or whatever, it would be CGI. Well, this one is straight up CGI. And it's very apparent in the Heim frame rate that it's CGI. It looks cartoony compared to the stark realism. So I think it's an, I really noticed it, but I think that it was a little bit misused. But that's so strange because it was the exact opposite with Gollum. I thought Gollum looked like an actual filmed creature. Well, they like added, that was a real thing in front they of added me. Twenty-five more muscles in his face than the, in, than he had in um, Lord of the Rings, and they also had a new way to render him. And so, yeah, I agree. Gollum and the texture of Gollum and the facial and the performance. I mean, there's a difference in who performed the the the, the motion capture as well. Right. So I agree. I think Gollum was just gorgeous in this one like you, I, I, you know and the thing was funny is I, the IMAX was was spotless it was seamless it was great I, the IMAX version 3D was beautiful I really really loved it I thought it was gorgeous didn't look any different you know to me um, I couldn't tell uh, anything bad it, it, I, I absolutely loved it uh, it was so funny because my husband and I we were looking at our watches like oh crap it's, it's almost over. I was, I was telling we, uh, we don't want this to be over yet. I know, a total other husband, some people panned it really hard. And I told him, I said, you know what? There's a couple things that I could see. One, if you're going and expecting Lord of the Rings, when The Hobbit is really a children's story. And so you're there just to kind of go back to Middle Earth and kind of experience it. It has, it's a musical, it has slapstick, it is not Lord of the Rings. And that's really important for people who aren't familiar with the text to go in knowing, because I could see how that would be disappointing to some people. But I think that as a movie for all ages, it's an, it's endlessly entertaining. They've added, the other thing is if you're a purist who hates um, added stuff, there's no way to make a short children's book into three movies. So it pulls in stuff from the Silmarillion. It changes some things to tie it in with the Lord of the Rings. And um, that really, really bugs some people, but I thought they did that really well. And so as long as you go in expecting those two things, I think that you have a good chance of really enjoying this movie if you like fantasy. I, I, and I, I loved like it. I- I feel like I have to be the voice of dissent only because you guys are so united in your in your praise, and it's not that I hated it by a, by by a mile. I really really did enjoy myself. I was hoping that I would like it more because I went in with sort of meh expectations, and it was not better or worse than I expected. I was hoping to be surprised, but I wasn't. And this is the first film in a really long time. I'm not a person who looks at their watch in the theater. This, this is the first time. I actually had the thought, is this, how much longer is this movie? I really, really honestly thought that it could have been a half an hour shorter and it would have benefited from it. And I know that's so weird because, Jay, you, you, you've got the total opposite opinion and, I, and that's just the way I came up. At Rachel, everything you said has got absolutely valid points about how to go in expecting this film, except I am a big Lord of the Rings fan. I read the book right before I went into the film. I'm not an unforgiving fan. I love the trilogy, even even the parts that they diverted from it. But I just, I couldn't get over the sense that there was some stuff in this that was just self-indulgent. 
it just crossed too many lines of of, of dumbness for oh, me. Oh, just just indulge me. Give me all the Martin Freemans and Thorin. Oh, oh just, I, Thorin. Thought, Martin Thorin. Freeman was spectacular. Thorin was spectacular. It was the it was. I wish I could remember now. I made no notes in the theater. I need to see it again to solidify my opinion of it. But I just, I wasn't wowed. I wasn't wowed. I, I, I'm trying to figure out, since it was 75% Martin Freeman and Thorin in the movie, if you liked the two of them, how you could not enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about on the, on the uh, I'm looking at it as a film, guys. If all I wanted to do was sit there and watch Martin no, Freeman, I, I would just sit, No, no, I no, I, I, I get what you repeat. As a whole I get, film. I get what you're saying, though. I, I thought, though, that what they, for the first film, it sets up the stories, story well. It introduced everybody. It had every set piece from the book that you would expect. It did it well. It was very beautiful. I thought they, they the special effects were superb, as always. Weta kicked ass. Well, I, I'll, I'll give yeah. Ren this, though. I, I, I'll give Ren this. I have no problem watching them walk. And there is quite a bit of watching them walk in it. But oh, I have yeah. no problem because they're walking in New Zealand, a.k.a. Middle Earth. And I could, I want to go to there. So it lets me <laughs> do that. But I could see that if you were there as a, as, as a film goer, some people don't want to watch a bunch of short people walk through New Zealand. I, I, I personally. I don't even know how to describe it because I even like them watching through New Zealand. I freaking lived there. How would I no, not want to like sit about there it. and and watch New Zealand unfold from in front of me for three hours? I I, 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 I don't get what he didn't like then. How, what was there not to enjoy? I don't understand. It was too long. It was too long. It was too dumb. I mean, I know it's a children's book, but it's an intelligent children's book, and it's well paced. And it's got interesting things that happen that don't drag on for freaking ever. This what is drag drastic. on? Give me specifics because I'm not understanding. All right. I'm going to think about it. And then, like, uh, later in the show, I'll tell you. <laughs> I I, this, is hor- this is a horrible night for me to try and express it because this has been, like, the longest day. And my brain is completely, like, scrambled egg inside my head. So I'm really sorry, <laughs> fans. I will describe why I did not. And, and I, didn't, I didn't not like it. I just... Didn't like just it. Just write lot. an article. We'll call it the dissenters hobby. Yeah, because I know I know of something that I'm going to be talking about later on in our worst list. that's going to cause dissent. Okay, I'm ready. Uh-huh. I, want, I want the dissent. I want the. I okay, want the, so the what? Um, so the next, moving on from the Hobbit um, to another awesome. Um, makes me sad that I don't have the CW. Because I I really want to watch this. We don't have it. We don't have it. DirecTV doesn't have it here because we've got a yeah. It's all stupid. Um, Arrow, the which is getting rave reviews, is um, adding a new character played by another favorite of geekdom because it's now becoming the new um, love boat for geeks. Right. That that once upon a time is but uh, James Kelly, who played Baltar. (laughs) <laughs> in Battlestar Galactica is now going to be um, a new character uh, named Dodger who is from the comic books and uh, he looks great I, 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 I have to see this show now I mean between this and, James, and John Barman I'm like come on guys <laughs> enough so we will be getting James, Baltar will be back on screen James Kelly is joining Arrow and I am excited about that so now <laughs> I have to figure out a way to watch this um, 
Also, uh, just announced, we found out this week that Game of Thrones' new season will have longer episodes. Yes. Yeah, they're going to be adding like five to seven minutes to each episode. So instead of a 52-minute episode, you're going to have 57, 55, um, because it is the uh, Clash of Kings, I believe, is what they're starting up now. And they're going to take two seasons to tell that book. And they're adding time because it's so big. Um, so seven it's, minutes. If a fifty-two episode goes up to fifty-five minutes, that's only three. Well, it, it depends. Five to seven minutes going to be added. Well, that's so. not necessarily true. It depends on interruptions and all that stuff. Well, this doesn't have commercials, right? So, yeah, but I so mean, it has gonna, intros. I mean, yeah, yeah, they do that beginning. previously on Game of Thrones. Uh, I hate previously on. No one should <laughs> ever do previously on. Watch the freaking show. <laughs> Um, the other thing that I have to talk about really quick before we get into our worst of um, is the fact that we just got to see the new interior for the TARDIS uh, for the upcoming Christmas special. And I squeed a little bit because it reminds me of the later year Tom Baker um, and Peter Davidson years. TARDIS oh my gosh, special. you took that right out of my head. Oh, it looks just like it. I, why, I'm, why are we so the same person sometimes? We share brain. It's kind of scary. Well, uh, and but, it has—it just has that starkness of the, the those years, just completely. I think it's beautiful. It looks so um, like it, it, I like what Stephen Moffat said, which was uh, he wanted it to—you know—it's supposed to be a machine, and uh, it looks just great I, I i think it looks awesome what they did with it and um i love that it's a throwback especially since the 50th anniversary is happening and that um my friends is going to be jessica crack <laughs> the, the 50th the 50th anniversary of doctor who 50 years okay up your star trek up yours, everybody else, no one else has lived this long, sci-fi them, having consecutive seasons, and not consecutive, but keeps going, comes back, still, 50 years. So, this is a big deal, and um, they won't release anything about it. Um, we still have this um, possibility that David Tennant's coming back. I've heard he is, for some reason. We don't know how, what, who. I think he should be the master. I think that would be great. Um, but uh, they've been asking Stephen Moffat, can you tell us anything? And he won't. All he says is that we're going to be taking over your television. <laughs> and you're going to like it. So uh, I already with this TARDIS console, what they've done, they've got my vote. I think that they're going to redeem themselves from that crappy season that we just had. I think it's and a fangirl party night. That's what I, I think. I, I think it's a fangirl party night too. And so it's going to be great. I'm I'm so excited. And I love everything I've seen from this um, this Christmas special between Ian McKellen being the voice of the evil snowman. You've got Richard E. Grant in there. Matt Smith has a, a top hat, which makes me happy. I don't know why. It's a top hat. Uh, and <laughs> you've got these great characters that we already met that were his um, uh, cohorts at Demon's Run that are coming back and then you have our uh you don't know who she is companion coming in so i'm really stoked i think this is going to be a great christmas special and it looks really good and dark and uh because doctor's hearts have been broken Hmm. one heart belonged to rory one heart belonged to amelia and they're both broken sad 
So <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I, it's I, just delicious to me. I love the tasty, tasty angst. <laughs> so moving on to angst and pain. Um, <laughs> our worst ofs 2012. Mm-hmm. Let let the let the anger begin and i'm actually going to give i have some oddball categories just because i had some some issues with things that went on this year that i i had to just bring up so i have some weird categories but you know Uh, so let's have rin let's have you throw your first your first category out well uh i'll start with with i guess the one that i sort of landed on is no, it's not even my biggest irritation. I'll just do this one first. Um, this is something that is is really, really, really... I mean, it's always irked me, but it's it's just plunged into the deepest, darkest hole of mediocre depravity and stupidity, and that makes me so freaking mad. And okay. it is the Discovery Channel. And it oh. makes me mad, because I don't have cable. I have I have the network stations, and they just, like, threw cable in there for fun. And C-SPAN. C-SPAN, I dig. Discovery, I thought I would dig. I was like, yay, Discovery Channel. Like, I remember that when I was little. It was like Nova and stuff. I was happy about that. But no. You know what's on the Discovery Channel? This is my list of shows I hate on the Discovery Channel. Fast and Loud. (laughs) Sons of Guns. Moonshiners. Gold Rush. Jungle Gold. Bering Sea Gold. And Amish freaking Mafia. This is the new one. Amish Mafia. This is the biggest steaming pile of stinky crap you have ever seen. And they just keep rolling these turds out one after another. They just, they all are the same thing. They're pretend reality shows. I mean, it's it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. They're turning into the Learning Channel. I know, the Learning Channel. Good God. It started with really good stuff. Good stuff like Deadliest Catch and Dirty Jobs and, and Mythbusters. To a to a, an extent, like those are good reality based television shows where they go out and they do things, and it's a little bit episodic. Uh, you know, Deadliest Catch is kind of episodic where they're following a batch of people. I dig that. That was actually good television, but this is just crap, and it makes me mad because the Discovery Channel they don't even try anymore. They like the when they do one offs, they're total BS. They have the one off that I saw earlier this year was mermaids and a lot of oh. people watched it and they were tweeting about it oh, and it was yeah, an yeah, hour yeah. and a half two hour thing about how supposedly evidence scientific evidence yeah, of the existence of a race of people it is the thing that made me genuinely sick is that the format is identical to what would otherwise be an actual educational program they had oh, yeah. you know extrapolations of of graphics that would depict you know how something would evolve from A to B to C and they're actually trying but but it was all wrapped up in, you know, being described to you by these actors who were actually trying to tell you that this shit exists. Excuse my language. I was stunned. I was stunned. The Discovery Channel has just, just lost it. They've absolutely lost it. And it makes me mad because they, I don't know, it makes me mad. They have to stop. They have to stop with the gold shows. There's three, three, 12 of them is enough. It's enough. Good God. No more. Done. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to jump in here because I can tell the anger runs deep. So, <laughs> um, so I'm going to do a duo here. It's going to be actually two, but it's worst trick played in a kids on a kids on kids in a movie and worst trick played on adults in a movie. It's a combo. Worst trick played on kids in a movie 
goes to the odd life of Timothy Green. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. And worst trick played on adults in a movie goes to the devil inside. Mm-hmm. The odd life of Timothy Green was basically the Marley and me of kids movies. I heard they were bawling. There is video of some, uh, that, that a very evil mother took of her child bawling his eyes out. And he's laughing as he's bawling after taking oh. him and scarring him for life to see Timothy Green, the cute little plant boy, die at the end of the movie. Spoiler, he dies. Okay? He dies. The cute little, little plant boy dies. The odd life of Timothy Green should be called the short life of Timothy Green. <laughs> and, and the evil is that it makes you think that, oh, look, the couple gets a baby, blah, blah, blah. Happy, happy. No, it's, it's, a, it's a metaphor for death and loss and change. And it, it's, it's more um, uh, brain scarring than the first 15 minutes of the Transformers movie where they kill off all the Autobots. So, yes, the odd life of Timothy Green, you're evil. The sad thing is that can be done well in films. You can actually broach the topic of death in a kid's film and, and do it in a way that, you know, well, frick, Bambi did it, you know. But, oh, yeah, um, no. It's a Disney movie. Forward. It's a Disney movie. They they know how to do it. It's just it's a trick. If they did it too, if they did it too much, if they if they pulling on your emotions too much, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. So uh, and then the devil inside, which it, it that one, basically you go to the movie and then you get told go to the website to see the ending. <laughs> good job, devil inside. Good good job. Good good job. I I just don't. I don't know how you pulled that one off, but good job. So uh, that was my combo of worst tricks because we had those two come in, and um, I they've just stuck with me all year. No, no, no. I have one for you. Right. And this, you are not. You you may not have. You may or may not have been aware of this because you are not the um, really poppy pop culture whore that I am. But um, earlier, Justin this Bieber year, is really a woman. Justin Bieber's actually it's funny because it is about Justin Bieber earlier this year Justin Bieber supposedly had his laptop stolen and it was a big deal and there's a lot of angry posting about it and then a thief stepped forward and then Justin Bieber started to answer the thief and everybody was upset and it just turned out to be an elaborate publicity stunt when the thief released the racy video which turned out to be a music video it went on for a long time it was Uh, really like just it was just the i don't know whose idea that was (laughs) but bad bad that's That's stupid just stupid it just is well i mean it worked it got a lot of people paying attention and but it also just like ticked everybody (laughs) off including like actual bieber fans and i'm not particularly a bieber fan but they're you know i go to college with kids you know who are her 12 and they are (laughs) and they are all very angry about it so i thought it was relevant but it really just the the level of just evil it's lame it's not even witty it's just stupid right Ren. Oh, <laughs> uh, I. Oh, see, what should I pick next? Um, so, oh, actually, you know what? I'll stay on the music theme, on the music uh, trend. 
this is the worst flaming, fiery death of something I once loved so very dearly. Um, and this, this, was, this was very brief. It happened one afternoon. Uh, all of a sudden, my heart broke into tiny pieces when I heard dubstep on a Kmart back-to-school commercial. Oh. And dubstep was dead. <laughs> and I crossed myself about 20 times, and I cried, uh, you know, some wub-wub tears. And uh, uh, may it rest in peace. No more dubstep. Wow. Dubstep died. Dubstep died in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to move on to... I, I, I have this... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have a category that I made because I saw two very horrible things this year. And it is the worst sex scene. And oh, there's, a okay. there's a tie. Okay. <laughs> Number one, and we're, uh, I guess you wouldn't call it number one. The tie is between Edward and Bella and their vampire sex <laughs> and the exploding and glitter face, O face of Kristen Stewart oh, that, that I, was, I was made to see. It had glitter. It was pink. It, it was pink mm. glitter. Are you serious? I'm no not joke. making it up. You oh, can't make God. that shit up. You can't make that stuff up. Oh, no. no. And, Wait, where, and where did the glitter? Where, where where did the glitter come from? Do I want to her hair? No, don't ask. Okay, uh, from her hair. Wait. Yeah. Wait, never mind. No, I won't ask. No, 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 stop now. No. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So, and then the the tie is Tom Cruise, and I and she's always going to be Silk Spectre to me in <laughs> Rock of Ages. That is the most awkward. And weird, they're wearing underwear. What? If you watch the scene, the whole scene, all I could think is, why bother to full shoot it when you're going to leave her in underwear? Like, just we don't need we don't need the full scene. First of all, second of all, we don't need this ever. (laughs) It's just a weird thing. It's it's. I was so focused on the fact that they're like trying to make this horrible, awkward scene, and I'm both relieved and also confused that they're wearing underwear. Part of the problem is like he's three times taller than he is. And yeah. and then on top of that, it's just like he's trying to channel cry baby Walker with the whole French kissing thing. And it's just like, <gasps> I maybe laugh so hard though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That movie was like saved by him in that role. <laughs> and and the then, he, saw, and then he sung, which is even more true. Like I, I, what did I describe? It was like, um, uh, 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 a ballist chipmunk. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I just don't know what he was trying to do. And then the, the fact that in the in the actual musical, he's a pedophile. Right. They had to change that for they this. Made it, it, they made him like the hero. That was kind of yeah. Weird. And and and, and, and then, he, I'm sorry when he shows up with that cod piece. The <laughs> that, cod piece was, that that made me laugh. But the, the, <laughs> the, 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 then everything became just that horrible him and her and and oh god i couldn't wash my my brain out with enough bleach it just stayed <laughs> so yeah that i i don't know which wins i mean boy they're both that bad so yes bella and edward and the vampire glitter sex and tom cruise and silk specter getting it on in rock of ages and he needs a stepladder i see your awkward <laughs> sex and i raise you the popularity of yolo 
Oh, God, no. <laughs> it killed people. YOLO killed people. has been around. I don't know if you know this, since 2006, because of a band I actually like, The Strokes. But until um, till Drake in, in uh, fall 2011, YOLO, as a phrase, was not popularized. And in 2012, you could not get away from the dude bros and their freaking YOLO. And let's explain it to anyone who doesn't know. You, you, don't, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be alive. <laughs> if you don't know, yeah, know. Thank, thank God and move along with your life. No, it's the opposite. If you don't know, you know, thank Loki that you do not know what YOLO means. And <laughs> you are an excellent human being and we all wish we were more like you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ren, do you have one? Um, I have a couple. I have a list of shows. I I'm, I was horrible this year. I I kind of didn't see anything. <laughs> um, so I have a list of shows that uh, were bad, and two two shows that I think were horrible, and two shows that need to be canceled now. Cancel. Now. What's the canceled ones? Tell us uh, the canceled. The two shows that are so horrible and and have oh made me mad. Uh, two broke girls needs to be off the air. They just they need to burn the sets. Burn the costumes. Wow. Bulldoze that whole area. Pave it. Firebomb it. Pave it again. Make it go away. And wow. also, <laughs> it's bad. It's just really bad. Um, and, and this is this one. The, the second one makes me sad because it used to be funny, but Two and a Half Men doesn't. It's not funny. Make it go away. And a special well, honorable mention. Every single year, I will probably mention this because it will never go away. American Idol should have been canceled five years ago. But yeah, there it is. I agree. And the two, um, the two, my my two worst shows of 2012 haven't changed since I since we talked about their premieres. Ah, I still think Revolution and Partners are the worst things on the air. <laughs> That's funny. Well, speaking of worst things on the air, I got my worst villain on television. Who's that? And I I wonder. I wonder. I don't think Amanda is listening, but he will probably agree on this. I call her the goddess Playtex, but her name is Lilith in True Blood. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that entire effing storyline and that naked chick covered in men- menses, it's because mm-hmm. that's what it looked like, was just so bad. It was so bad. I just don't even... Oh, and, and, and Go- Ghostly Amanda goes agrees. Yeah. You just God, made me really happy that I stopped watching True Blood. Oh, like, it was every so time bad. I think it, you t- say something, and I'm like, "Yep, no, I made the right choice." Yeah, and and the goddess Playtex, worst villain that on television. Is the funniest thing ever. The goddess Playtex. <laughs> it's because it's true. <laughs> well, from what you yeah. described, it sounds absolutely apt. It's disgusting and and just stupid. Okay, so uh, Rachel. I think we have a combo um, that that's gonna. This is the strife. I think is gonna. I would, is I would gonna... say most anticipated movie that totally made me want to punch people in the face immediately. I know what after. you're gonna say, and there will be strife. And <laughs> and and it and I with the caveat that it wasn't that it was such a bad movie. It's just that it shouldn't have been at all a bad. It should have been the best movie ever. Yes. I think everyone knows what we're going Three to say. Three Stooges. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we knew that was going to be it. 
No, we're talking about Prometheus. And I don't think any movie has, other than maybe The Phantom Menace, but that kind of made people join together. Prometheus has like splintered into you really, really love it, or you you just go, why? I mean, it's... And I still, even after, for whatever reason, our household bought the Blu-ray. And what? I, what? I, I watched... I watched the. I didn't buy it. I watched the the deleted scenes, mm-hmm. and there was nothing in them that you know they were like, oh no, it helps to, you know, it'll help you uh, learn. You know, this this will fill those plot holes. No, it mm-hmm. didn't. And even while the guy was even watching them with the the audio of of the guy. Um, I think he was one of the producers or something talking about those scenes. He's got, no, this, this feeds more of the mystery. What, the, the, what mystery? No, we want to know why this, this, this movie explained nothing. It made no sense. And I don't, I can't do it more justice than what the red letter media guys did with their <laughs> list of all their, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? What was that for? It's that, just, how can you make a movie with so many good actors doing their damnedest to make it work with beautiful cinematography, with everything that should make a good movie, and then drop the ball on the one thing, uh, 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 punchy. <laughs> I need Benedict Cumberbatch to punch something for me. <laughs> My God. Yeah, no. Uh, it it was just bad. I there the And there's the... And all... It all boils down to Lindelof. Yeah. Lindelof. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence from you guys, probably clearly, but I would, I, I would still agree that it didn't need to be as nebulous as it was, and I would blame that on Lindelof. It needed, no, it, it totally needed, was. Yeah. New Me in the Head is going to happen, though. The New Me in the Head is uh, part two. They're doing it. They're going to make another <sighs> one of these. That a, is that a buddy sitcom? Knew me in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would probably watch that more than I would Prometheus too. Yeah. <laughs> you you're only going to steal my money once, people. I like it. You guys are wrong. It was good. Wrong. No. <laughs> keep keep living in denial. It, it was I, good. And so is the new Sherlock show. You're both no. Action or Rachel likes that. So just you're yeah, wrong. I like it. Um, but, but you know uh, what? Uh, Jess and I have decided about the Sherlock thing is that we even each other out. We're spectrumy because she uh, likes she likes the uh, she likes the um, one the uh, Robert Downey Robert Jr. Downey one, which Jr. I don't like, and uh-huh. I like the elementary, which she doesn't like. And so it's just sometimes we're exact opposites, and that's one of those times. And, but we can both agree that we would bone Benedict Cumberbatch in the drop of a hat. I'm not and going to. I'm done. a very Jessica, I'm a married woman. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I think it would be okay. I wouldn't kick Johnny Lee Miller out of bed either. No, he's, he is pretty. I will give you yeah, that. Um, so I had to, uh, I had to bring this one up too because you know this is her second appearance on my on my list. But worst casting ever, <laughs> I think, for the year. Kristen Stewart as the warrior Snow White. Uh, who and and even better, you know, I would ag- probably guess that the director's wife 
probably would agree with me on that was a bad wah, casting decision. Yeah, I went there. But yeah, uh, if I whenever I think of Warrior Princess, Kristen Stewart doesn't come to mind. <laughs> nope. You know, it should have just it's been called The Huntsman and they should have just trimmed, trimmed. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I, I, so you know, we. we I saw this perfect tweet. I saw this perfect tweet online. Somebody right after she appeared on the Daily Show, which was like last week or something, and somebody was just stunned. He, the, the tweet was just even on even on the Daily Show with John Stewart, the most welcoming, affable talk show host. She was still painfully awkward and hard to talk to, and hard to listen to. Just don't. I don't understand her. Why is she so? Why is she Wait, so weird? Do you know what's mind blowing? She doesn't have to be. You know why? When I saw the last Twilight movie, she had more expression in the first five minutes than she had in all the previous movies combined. Which leads me to believe she can do it and she just doesn't do it, which makes me maybe like she, her maybe less. she saves it up. She just saves it up. She say she's completely deadpan and boring, you know, and expressionless, like twenty four hours a day, and then there's five minutes <laughs> in the day where she can let it out. And if they don't catch her on film in those five minutes, <laughs> then you screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> oh. oh man, no, that's no. <laughs> there is no need. There is no need for for her ever and anything Ugh. ever and ever. Ugh. Can I repeat? Ever. Yes. Ever. 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 And I'll um, repeat. My whole impression of her is summed up with. Ugh. No, that's good. that's more feeling than she has yeah. uh, emoted in like three films. Especially in Snow White and the Huntsman, the last moment where he walks in and she's supposed to give a look like she's in love. I'm like, is she gonna puke? Is she crapping her pants? <laughs> what is happening here? Oh, I get it. It's bulimia. <laughs> it's Snow White bulimia. Jay, didn't you call that her perpetual farting face? Like somebody called it that. I can't remember. Oh no! It's the I smell. It's the I smelt it and dealt it face. I guess. Is <laughs> we should. All right, moving along. We've we've passed on this young woman trying um, to make it long enough. I I I've got one. Uh, I have to bring up because um, I. It's sort of. This has been a long time coming, but I call this the worst BS play that has been caught. That the, they caught the caught them finally, hmm. and that is Age of Hobbits and the Asylum. Hmm. Uh, Asylum, if you don't know, is the um, studio that they release those movies um, that uh, they they go direct to DVD the They're same like week. Fragrances, those smells yeah. like fragrances. Yeah, yeah. They 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 go out on DVD the same week that the big budget release is coming to theaters, and they prey on people too dumb to realize. Oh, I thought this was going to a movie theater. I'll rent that or I'll buy that. So what happened was they've, they've always got away with Transmorphers and I Am Omega when I Am Legend came out. And then War of the Worlds. And yeah, yeah Transmorphers is the one I'm like, really? <laughs> and they're, 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 they, and, and they get like 99% of them star C. Thomas Howell. And they... <laughs> They uh, they have you know they're steady work for actors and they make money because people buy them and they've got their own like cult following now because they're usually so bad that you just watch them and laugh your butt off. They even did a Sherlock Holmes one, but in this one, Sherlock Holmes was taking on a Tyrannosaurus Rex in the middle uh-huh. of one. I was so cool. recently. I was it's of not that. as cool as it sounds. <laughs> no, it's not cool at all. <laughs> so, so anyway, what they tried to do this time was they tried to release a movie called Age of Hobbits, which had 
absolutely nothing. I don't even the the, the the plot has nothing in common at all with Hobbit or any of the Lord of the Rings films. So finally, you know, you don't mess with the Tolkien estate or the studio that's that's working this film. You know, they they had enough, so they sued them. They took them to court and blocked the release of the movie, which is the first time I think that's happened. But really, Age of Hobbits, you think that that's going to that's gonna fly. You know, this is a is property copy, that's... Isn't Hobbit a copywritten word? Yeah, I believe it is. But they were trying to or play trademark. on the fact... Yeah, they're trying to play on the fact that they have... That, that same week, conveniently enough, they found that... Um, Cro- I, I can't. I, I'm going to say Cro-Magnon, but I know that's not right. The the body of, of the um, the very tiny human that they're trying they called a hobbit, and mm. um, they were trying to say, look, this is what we're talking about. No, you're not. <laughs> Give me a freaking break. We're not that stupid. So yeah, it's I I'm. It was the worst BS play I've ever heard. That's that's what you're trying to base your your defense on is, but it's we weren't talking about that. That word is whatever. You you lost Asylum. <laughs> you lost this round. Go make another Transformers five. So anyway, go go for it, Ren. Well, it's funny you you brought up legal. It works, Ren. In perfectly with my topic called Worst Epic Legal Slash Common Sense Slash WTF Fail of 2012. <laughs> and that is Apple winning the lawsuit against Samsung, uh, which is the stupidest thing ever. Apple did this lawsuit against Samsung, citing all this stuff that was on their iPhones and saying that Samsung copied us. Oh my God. And it was stupid stuff. It was like, it, the, the the topics that they brought up that they insisted were copywritten to them to Apple was rounded corners <laughs> on the iPhone. I mean, it was it was as dumb as yep. stuff like that. I mean, some of the things you could have argued that they invented pinch to zoom. Only there's <clears throat> somebody else invented pinch to zoom, and Apple put that on their phone. Somehow they still won this freaking lawsuit. If you find a website, I have, I'll post it on the on on fangirlmag.com. There's a website that goes. It's a very nice little infographic. It goes over the things that Apple said that they invented and reasons that you know reasons why Samsung was copying them. And it piece by piece shows you where all of those things actually came from, and that Apple didn't actually invent any of those things. But the thing that is stunning is just the fact that Apple won. Apple was like, "All this crap is ours, and you can't do it anymore because we invented it." Uh, it was it was it was so sad. It was so sad and dumb, and they won lots they won. and lots of money. And it was yeah. Anyway, well, I guess sad. now we're gonna have unless you want rounded corners, you have to get an iPhone. Otherwise, everything else is gonna have square corners. Because damn it, <laughs> they invented it. I bet you. No, never mind. Sorry, I'll stop. It was dumb. Um. Anyway, I have I have another tiny topic. I have another tiny topic. This is a minor, minor but gnawing irritation. This has bugged me since I got it. I love Legos and I love Loki. It's it's not as pressed. Um. When you, all the Loki Lego figures and I knew anybody who's paid it, even a modicum of attention has noticed this. If you buy any Avengers Legos, like there's a bunch of Avengers set. The my favorite was the um Shield Jeep, and it comes with Loki, Hawkeye, and uh, Iron Man. It's a great set. All the Loki Legos come with a staff. 
But the staff, you will notice, is Odin's staff from the original Thor. Mm-hmm. It is not the staff from Avengers. It's not the, oh. the glow stick of Wonders. No, it's not. Oh, it's not I the Jesseract-powered, Coulson-killing, pointy staff thing. It's the, you know, barely-featured Odin's trident of doom thing. It's not a trident. You know, let's just look back. But it's dumb. It's, it, the only thing I can think of is that they went through the R&D to make a staff because I've seen the, the cut scenes from Thor and the staff featured a little bit more in the deleted scenes. So I think maybe they were thinking, okay, this will be something some, everyone recognizes. But no, nobody knows what the hell this staff is. It's just not the staff from Avengers. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I got one more that I, had to, I have to bring up. Um, Worst TV series that was canned quickly this year. Good. 666 Park Avenue. Oh, yeah. Oh, was I'm it so finally glad. canned? They canned that within, I think, six episodes? Five? Some, went on Something a long like that. It felt it, like it, it was went forever. on longer than it should have. <laughs> I, I truly believe. And it's sad, too, because it could have been so great. But they, I. Yeah, they shot their load way too quickly in the first episode with what was going on with. I don't classy. care if it's un- I don't care if it's classy or uncouth. It's true, <laughs> and yeah. So the uh, and then I I do have to I have to bring this up just to be um, to be honest to myself as a Hoovian. Worst character leaving the the. The pawns? Am, am I right? Was that not a disappointment? What do you I think? I have no opinion because I, I officially am not a Whovian anymore. Official. I've announced it as of this episode. I will watch Ooh. anything with Christopher Eccleston or David Tennant and the rest of it can go away. You know, I haven't been watching enough of the season to see how it went in context of the rest of the season because this season has just been to me it's been kind of unwatchable but it doesn't make me not a Whovian before because I've watched a lot of old Who and there's a lot of unwatchable seasons I mean it's been on for forever so um, but I, I think part of the problem is I really cared about Rory I, I'm one of the people who liked Amy but I didn't like when she left, I'm like, why is he so ups-? I mean, it's sad. It's the pawns. But really, ah, why, why is she the one that gets the breakdown? I guess that just kind of ticked me off. I agree. Uh, I mean, it's like, I was going to ask that earlier in the show, Jay, when you were talking about the both, both his hearts are broke. Well, I'm sorry, but every single time a companion leaves, everybody says it's the, it's the one you would miss them worst. It's yeah. Uh, I know they're they're making it like this is uh, the you know he's gone dark because these two left and how it happened and everything, and I I'm fine with him going dark over the loss of a companion. I I loved what happened with it made more sense with David Tennant and um, with Ten and Rose because right Rose came in when he, and and basically redeemed him made him yeah. you know feeling her again yeah but amy and maybe it's because he's known her since she was a kid 
Has but he though? The Come thing on. is, he gets, he gets, she, she gets the happy ending. He's always trying to make everyone happy. Right. She has to be and live a long life with her husband. Of all the companions, that's the one that he has. Like, that's one of the biggest breakdowns I've seen a doctor have over a companion. And I was like, it's sad. Don't get me wrong. It's always sad when you when you are separated from a friend. But one, he knew that would happen. Two, I think they're trying to kind of infer that he's surprised she left him for Rory. And, like, it's her husband, and that's always been very clear. Well, so, and I, I don't know if it's that so much as the fact that the whole reason why he can't go visit them is so plot-holed it looks like Swiss cheese. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I just, I don't know, it just was kind of lame to me. I I really didn't like it. That whole season was off. They turned Amelia. I I kind of started liking her when during like De- Demons Run and and uh, Good Man Goes to War and all of that. I, I actually liked her in those, but they made her character into such a bitch. They did, that and season. the thing is, I really liked a pond up until this season and but it's not her fault i mean it's not the actress's fault it really is the writing overall i liked the doctor less this season um they for some reason they they have this ability to continually write rory well but i just think moffat is at his best when he writes intermittently when he's in control of an entire storyline i i can Enjoy some angst, but I need those triumphant moments. I need those mm-hmm. beautiful moments that make you lo- love watching him. Right, and, and like me, when he does. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just uh, this is. I saw it in episode one, and I and I could have predicted this exact thing. And not to sound like a totally egotistical bastard, but um, yeah, it's the same. It's it's what it's what Russell T Davies brought to the show is he could he could do those incredible wow moments that Moffat pulls off so effortlessly, but you got to be able to deliver it daily or episodically. You've got to be able to deliver real rooted characters and real rooted storylines in order to preserve the peril, preserve the continuity of character. I mean, you can't have somebody break down, you know, over the loss of someone that you don't feel like there was a a relationship there to warrant the breakdown. And that's a fault of not having built up a solid, believable relationship. So eh, that's my I really think, though, that part of the problem is, and even it might have been better, except I could have even bought the breakdown, except for I don't feel like there's been a lot of happy this season. And I don't feel like there's been a lot of, um, I feel like it's. The, the angst factor has been at like nine, so to take mm. it at t- ten, I was like meh. Yeah. Whereas you know, if it hovers around a five, <laughs> an yeah. angst of five, no, and, and you know, I like happy, but then I, I, I'm a happy angst girl because it doesn't destroy Jessica. If Jessica's not destroyed at the end of something sad, it does. It's not sad enough. <laughs> They're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I to this day, I cannot watch the end of time without bawling for five minutes right and and that is because that is how you do it it's i don't know what it is about how that's written but it and and it's also david Tennant, and he's leaving me because he's a bastard but i i uh i i just didn't how they were doing this episode um the season even to this episode it seemed like every one of them made me not care 
more and more about what happened to Amy and Rory because I just didn't care. It, they were disinteresting to me. I mean, they were, they were having a life. They were doing great. Where is this a uh, sad loss? I'm I'm not getting that. So you have to you have to care about them in the first place to be torn up when bad things happen to them. If all you see is something bad happened to somebody over and over and over again, there's only so many oh. there's only so many times you can tug on a heartstring before it gets kind of lack. Okay, do your um. What are your worst movies? What are your worst movies? Oh. I I told you my top Prometheus. Oh. oh, okay. Well, that's 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 really anticlimactic. Then I totally scheduled that wrong. <laughs> I didn't see I didn't see a pile of movies. I feel so bad. My worst is probably just Amazing Spider-Man, only because it was so close to being really really good and kept being so crap despite it. So that one just for the the pure angering factor of going like oh my gosh this is so awesome oh why'd they do that over and over again like six times anyway um and also hunger games thought it was crap oh and i have a prediction one prediction of suck two this is my prediction for 2013 uh and i'm gonna say it right now as much as i love that man thor 2 is gonna bite thor 2 is gonna actually blow that's my prediction i've said it right now in the end of the second half of December. And I'm basing this entirely on photographs of the costumes. There you go. That's what I, Now you know my motivation. <laughs> They're bad. They're really bad. Awesome. All right. Uh, so, everyone, uh, welcome our special guest, Anthony Messiano, who um, you may know as Harley's Joker. He is cosplayer extraordinaire, probably one of the best we've seen. And uh, also, he is an actor and a filmmaker. And we're very happy to have him on because we want to talk to you about how you brought the Joker to life and all this other great stuff that you've got going on. Okie dokie. Um. So, um, start with I, the question. I start with a question. Let's start. Let's start with the question. Let's do that. Um, so, first off, my, I, what drew you to cosplay and specifically the Joker? Um, I, I know you you've worked in the theater, and I wondered if that kind of played into that as well. Um, I don't know if it did. If it did, it was completely you know uh, unintentional. I mean, you know, it's one of those kind of influence things. But um, no, what motivated it, I guess, was just. Um, I don't know, just always been a fan of, of Batman, you know, comics, movies, animated series, all that kind of stuff. I grew up with it, you know, it was always on and around, and it was an influence, I guess, and I was a fan. And then, really, it was just that combined with, you know, I really get into Halloween. I've always been those people who just, I've always liked to go all out for Halloween. I spend months kind of, you know, in July, if I don't know what I'm doing for Halloween yet, I better start thinking. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, this was just, supposed to be a Halloween costume at first. Um, I just thought, you know, hey, that'd be a good costume. I kind of look like the character a little bit if I make, you know, the right kind of face. I can kind of pull it off, and I thought, oh, it'd be a lot of fun. So I just started working on the costume in July 2011 and uh, wore it for Halloween that year. And uh, it wasn't quite what you see it as today. Um, wore it for Halloween, liked it. It wasn't perfect. There were still about a dozen or so things that I wanted to tweak, wanted to work on. I thought, well, if I get to go to Comic-Con this year, you know, San Diego Comic-Con, I live in San Diego, uh, I should wear it there. People get a kick out of it. So um, I kind of started fiddling with it a little bit. I uh, didn't do too much. And then um, 
I wanted to go to I wanted to go to San Diego Comic Con, and a friend had told me, well, if you're able to get a pro registration for WonderCon, which is what this year was in Anaheim in March, because they're the same company that puts them on both conventions, um, I'm kind of a shoe in to get a pro registration for Comic Con, which gets me for free, which is great because I'm kind of broke. And so I thought, okay, so I you know submitted some material of just you know some independent film stuff that I have on IMDb that I got out to a couple festivals to WonderCon, and they approved of my pro registration. I went, and it was really just on a last-second whim. I thought, hey, let's wear that costume one day. So I brought it with me. I wore it to WonderCon in March, and people ended up really liking it. I ended up um, on maybe a half-dozen blogs uh, over the next like week or two afterwards. I got maybe 30 or 40 friend requests on Facebook from people who were kind of into the same sort of thing, and I thought, hey, this is kind of cool. So then I decided, you know, go all out, really fine-tune and tweak every single inch of this thing, top to bottom, redo, refine, everything. And we're at Comic-Con, and then I did. But I did, thinking that, okay, it'll be about the same amount of feedback. I'll get maybe another 30 people on Facebook who notice me, and maybe another 10 blogs or so might be like, hey, we saw this costume. But then it just kind of blew up uh, online, and, uh, <laughs> you were I'm king of Tumblr. Sort of, yeah, I'm still just sort of amidst the aftershocks and adjusting to them. And now and I have got, a Facebook page for it, and I feed the fire. <laughs> and you got like fifty thousand likes, and it's just crazy. Like you have fan art now based on your Joker. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. That's the coolest thing. That oh, that's <laughs> I love that part. That's my favorite. That's so cool. It's weird. It's weird, and it's cool. Um, but it is weird. I mean, you know, imagine if people just start sending you drawings they do of you. It's a weird <laughs> thing. I love it. It's cool. It's funny. And it's, you know, it, it, it floats the ego for a moment. Um, at least while I'm online until I, you know, log off, go to work and realize, nope. <laughs> but, um, but it's definitely, it's definitely a lot of fun. That's saying that's probably my favorite thing. I, I feel kind of, um, I feel undeserved of the attention just because I'm in such awe of some of the costumes and things people put together, and they do so many of them. And I've just done this one. You know, I'm still working on it and tweaking it, and I'm really, I, I am really proud of it. I'm happy with how it turned out um, because I didn't, I didn't compromise anything. That was my goal with this: is like just don't compromise a thing. I think the beauty of something like, I guess, what they called cosplay, which was something I was kind of introduced to after becoming popular online. Um, I think one of the most beautiful things about it as an art form is that unlike art where someone's paying you, there's no deadline. It's not like you have to have something done by a certain date. You can just keep working on it and keep refining finding it until you're happy with it and then wear it out, take photos. Um, and I think that's great because I think it affords people... Um, quality. It lets people do things of a higher quality because you don't have to rush. Um, there's that old saying, um, good, fast, and cheap. You can have any two. And <laughs> think about it, it's true. You can have something good and fast, but it's not going to be cheap. And you can have something fast and cheap, but it's not going to be any good. But you well, can I... have something good and cheap, but it'll take you time. And in this case, you have the time. Well, I know that Rachel had, had said that you, you've started working on a new coat. Um, Rachel, did, did you want to ask about that? 
Oh, I just, I'm just impressed at the level of costuming you do. Do you do most of your own sewing or are you collaborating or are you putting it together from pieces you find? uh, I have to collaborate with somebody um, because I cannot sew it, unfortunately. Um, But I, I do everything else. I mean, as far as I, I design it all, I, I can I can draw very well, and I've been drawing my whole life. So, I mean, I, I draw sometimes in great detail every inch of it. Um, a lot of times, I mean, I always find all the fabrics myself. A lot of times I'll even end up dyeing the fabrics um, or, or treating them in some way or weathering them or just kind of lightly washing them in a dye to kind of maybe age them or something. Right. Um, you know, all the accessories, of course, like I sculpted the head on my cane, I made all the buttons, I, I you know, everything that I can work. do minus, yeah, everything that I can do minus needle through thread, uh, I do. I just, I just suck at sewing. I, I can barely sew a button. Well, how much, I'm just, I'm just blown away by your makeup. How much time and, and, did it take to get that perfected because it looks phenomenal it looks real it, uh, like uh, Ren, what Rin had said and I, I this is spot on she said you look like a drawing come to life and uh, I you. really really yeah it's gorgeous and I just wondered how long it took you to get it to look like that and the facial expressions you throw out are great <laughs> so we, we I, I am in very, all of your eyebrows I have, I have a very pointy, stretchy face, so I will age badly, but until then, I will look kind of like the Joker if I wish. Um, yeah, the makeup takes um, takes about two and a half hours every time from from Tony to Joker, about two and a half hours. Um, it's like 13 different products altogether. It's just like thin layers and thin layers, and it's kind of building up, highlighting and shadowing. That's all it is. It's really, it's just highlighting and shadowing, you know, with different colors and things. Um, I think the reason I'm, because I've been doing makeup uh, for years, too. You know, as a kid, I started doing my family's Halloween makeup, and then I would do my own, and I would do makeup for people for shows and theatrical productions and things like that, or for Halloween, or for maybe short films or something, or horror short films, I would do the makeup. And um, But I think that just comes from the ability to draw, to paint, and to shade, and just having a basic understanding of, of light and shadow and shape and color and composition and all that. Um yeah, because that's all it is. If you if you think of makeup as makeup, uh, you're dead in the water as far as right. creating a character and creating a unique look. Um, if you think of it just as paint and your face is a canvas, then there are no rules. It doesn't matter what this product was made for. It doesn't matter if it's eyeshadow. Who says you can't use it on your cheek or on your nose or something? It doesn't matter. It's just color. It's pigment. And, you know... Use it however you wish. Exactly. Well, and I, I, one question I had for, for sure, because I, I think you, I, I think I mentioned this on your Facebook page, was I would love to see you take on Gambit as a character. What, if you had unlimited resources, what other characters would you try for if you could? Okay, well, here's where I'm stuck. Because there, there are other characters that I always wanted to do. The problem with a lot of them is that, as most of them are comic book characters, um, most of them are pretty beefy, and I'm <laughs> not. Now, I, and I know that in the in the wonderful rules of wearing costumes to conventions, that's okay. No one cares. That's you know, people can be flexible on that. But at the same time, if I did it, you know, I'm really big on 
the big reveal, the wait for it, wait for it, kaboom, here it is, oh my God, look at that. And if, and I think that's why, you know, the Joker, it works, because he can be a, a lanky character, because he is kind of a slender, lanky character. He's been depicted as more muscular sometimes, but a lot of times he's just a kind of spindly character, and I'm kind of a noodle-armed little guy. And, um, but very manly, very, very manly. And, <laughs> and so, you can, you can laugh, it's fine. And so that's all I'm talking about. Gambit, Gambit is one that I've always wanted to do, but I feel like if I did it, I would need to be four inches taller and quite a few inches bigger around in the arm and chest region. Oh, let us disabuse you of the one, notion. I think you can my, do it. I was going to say, can we impart, oh, impart on your, on your um, ego a little bit and say, look, I mean, Gambit is one that you can get away with not being huge and bulky because he wears the big coat. Um, and yeah. even, I mean, he's a guy in the comic books, and it's very rare that guys in comic books are not depicted to be very well built. But, but of the characters, you know, of the, of the classic, at least in the X-Men realm, um, he's not known for being one of the ones with the giant muscles everywhere. I'd say you could do that one. I'd say I think, I think this is us giving you our blessing that we are okay with <laughs> you right. trying to do I a This is wish fulfillment. They're trying to go <laughs> this is wish fulfillment, really. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, I definitely, I definitely do want to do other other characters, other costumes in the future. Um, and there's there's a few on my list, and I do want to do them. I, as far as when, it will be a while out, just because there are still a couple more things I want to do with the Joker costume and the character and the look and all that. Once I've kind of gotten all of that out of my system, I'm like, okay, I have exhausted it. I'm out of ideas. Then I'll, I'll move on and do something else. But while I still have a few ideas, and I still have a few things I want to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep focusing on that, and then then retire it, or at least you know hang it up and buff that once in a while. I well, know. speaking speaking of other characters, I want to give you an opportunity before we wrap here to tell us about Moonflower. Oh, all right. Well, Moonflower was a um, a passion project of mine. It's a a short film, about 44 minutes long that I made about a year and a half ago, almost now. Um, I finished it August 2011, um, but I'd been working on it for about a year and a half um, from when I first started writing it to when it was actually completed and, and, and shown for the first time to people. Um, it's sort of a Terry Gilliam-esque, kind of surreal fantasy adventure, bookended by a very contemporary story. It's about a, an actor uh, named Scott who... He's just kind of at a cross in his life, having some trouble with some, with a just a messy breakup recently. He's kind of left a little beaten up over, and um, over the course of this sort of surreal adventure in his own kind of dream world, he overcomes the obstacle in his real life, and that's in a nutshell. It's a lot of fun. Anybody, anybody who's watched it has enjoyed it. It's funny. It's it's. There's moments where you hold your breath, there's moments where you almost want to cry, and there's a lot of moments where you laugh, and I'm, I'm really happy. In so many ways, it was kind of an exercise in just, what are all the things I've always wanted to do in a movie, and put in a movie? And I found a way to put them all in there and make it work, and I was really happy with it. And so, that's that. I spent about a year after it was complete getting it out to festivals and setting it out and about. I've gotten to a few, um, I, think, I think four festivals. Um, I didn't get to go to any of them, which is really sad because of the travel. None of them were local. 
But um, but now that that's over, I have it up online. And if anybody wants to go and download it and watch it, you can download it in either standard definition or high definition. Um, it's available uh, on what is it? www.moonflowermovie.com/slash/downloads.html. And you actually do have to go to that specific link. Mm-hmm. You can't just go to the home page and find the downloads page because. Well, just because it was created back when I was still submitting it to festivals, and they didn't need to know that you could buy it online because then they probably wouldn't let me submit it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, again, moonflowermovie.com slash download.html. And you can see the poster. You can see a trailer. It's beautiful. A clip from it, and you can, There's yeah. clips. Thank you. It's Check it out. Funny. And I'll put, I'll put a link to it up on um, the Fangirl Mag Facebook, and we'll link that on oh, the, the, the website as well. And then, yeah. and then something else. Um, it's not 100% yet, but it's looking at about 75%. I can't say what it is, but there's a really good chance that on Christmas Day, this year, on Christmas Day, there will be something pretty cool posted on the Harley's Joker Facebook page. So make sure you keep an eye out and maybe see that. And, Go like the fa- uh, page, folks. Keep it in your feed. Subscribe. Because they're very pretty yeah. pictures. Very yes. pretty. <laughs> there are lots of pictures. <laughs> Um, awesome! Oh yeah. And, and are you a link to this interview? Now is this? We totally will. Oh, sure. And and what um, do you have any festivals that you'll be going to anytime soon? Comic um, Comic Cons. Um, you know, the next convention that I'm planning to go to isn't until March, and that's WonderCon. And uh, I'm hoping my girlfriend and I, who is, uh, we've been working on a Harlequin costume, and um, we're hoping to debut it there. Nice. I've seen the 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 uh, mallet um, work that you're doing. It looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, you should see it now. It's painted and it looks really. I'm really happy with it. Um, That's but we're great. not sharing any more photos until the whole thing is all done, as per Harley's request. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much, Anthony. We we really loved having you on, and I, we're being told we're, our time's up. But um, we'd love to have you back sometime to talk about more of your, uh, you know, as as you go down uh, to hopefully make some more costumes and as as your Joker like evolves because he is great. He is like one of the best I've ever seen. Thank you so much. Definitely, I, I hope to speak to you again. Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, look him up, Harley's Joker on Facebook. You will definitely recognize him. His eyebrows are the stuff of legend. I'm sorry. Love your eyebrows. <laughs> I, I've been talking about them all night. They're great. So, <laughs> not you. creepy at all. Not creepy at all. It's not creepy. It's not creepy, really. But thank you again. And uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to y'all. And uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you.
for one more drink before I think I'm looking too desperately. But so far has not been fun. I should just stay home. If one thing really 